DJ PK, time to talk Utah football with the former Ute quarterback, Frank Dolce. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. Frank joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. And that's for you who was watering the sidewalks yesterday. You know who you were. Fix it. Frank, good morning. Good morning, DJ. Good morning, TK. I nope. uh, hope you guys are doing well. We are uh, doing DJ. well. Yeah. Yes. DJ, are you? Did you? Did you? Uh, did you lose your voice? You sound a little hoarse. Every once in a while, yeah. The the uh, the old uh, the old throat just sticks. I don't know what happened. So. <laughs> well, it's because me, me, me. you are you use that instrument so often. You need a rest day. <laughs> I do need a rest day. You're right. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. PK, do you ever get back to the South Bay? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, because of Pac-12 Media Day, I go at least once a year, if not oh, multiple yeah. times. I have been, uh, since I moved 28 years ago, I've probably been back there 60 times. I mean, my wife's stepmother still lives there. Uh, her father died 30 years ago. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I And this last trip, I bought a T-shirt down in Hermosa that says the South Bay on it. And I wear it proudly, Frank. Proudly. Nice. Oh, man. I need to find that shop. I need to get one of those. And a friend of mine uh, yesterday lives down there, and he took a picture. He likes to taunt me. He took a picture from one of the bar restaurants in Hermosa looking out towards the pier uh, in the water. And, of course, it was a bright, sunny day, no smoke or any yeah. of that stuff. And I texted yeah. him. I said, yeah, Hermosa always works for me. And why don't you go back and shut up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's got, pe- he's got people and places scattered basically from Manhattan to Newport. Yeah. Manhattan my, Beach my to brother, Newport Beach. Yeah. My brother, we grew up in Culver City, but my brother has just moved to Manhattan Beach. Yeah. Uh, mm. So I'm, yeah, I'm feeling the same way, like a little, a little jealous about that circumstance. <laughs> yeah, they don't text you pictures though when they're stuck in traffic because it took them, uh, took them an hour and a half to go ten miles. So four hours to get yeah. from. Yeah, I used to drive from my house in Culver City, which is twelve miles, about twelve miles away from El Camino Junior College, and if I got there in an hour. I was doing pretty well. <laughs> How did you end up going to El Camino? Because there's other JCs that you could have gone and played for. Did you? I mean, obviously they had a great football program under Featherstone. Was it the lore of the football program? Well, so so uh, so Santa Monica Junior College was closer. That would yeah. have been like the, no the more reasonable, I guess, one. But but football wise, Santa Monica wasn't nearly what. El Camino was no. at that point. Yeah. And, and so I, it's so funny because I happened to be at uh, an awards bake, banquet after my senior year with my head coach in high school, Fred Fuller was his name. And at, as the banquet was concluding and we were running out, this little guy with, you know, always looks like he's running a thousand miles an hour, comes over and introduces himself and says, Hey, I'm John Featherstone. I'm the head coach at, El Camino Junior College, we'd love to have you come and take a look. And that was the start and the end uh, of my recruiting there you go. <laughs> <laughs> to El Camino Junior College. I immediately said, yeah, I'd like to go play for that guy. And that was it. Simple. The the the, the simple, innocent days. 
Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> I don't know what in the world would have happened if he said, and we have this name engine like, like this program, and you can do this, and you can do that. I mean, I would have, my mind would have exploded. <laughs> so I'm curious what your number one question is about the youths heading into the opener with Weber State. What do you want to know? I, well, I have. A, I think I have a lot of questions. Um, I. It's probably too simple to say. Is I want to know if the quarterback is is the real deal. Um, but I. But I. But I think that position is so critical for Utah that I. I guess that's. I'm. I'm most curious about that. I feel like I know everything, or I have a sense of everything else that's that's happening on the offensive side. Like we we. <laughs> We're we we're concerned about the offensive line and who's you know which five are going to be there. I know they named five or six, but but which five are going to be there and which guys are going to work out? And um, I mean, I think there's I'm I'm a little soft on the wide receiver group. I think there's some talent there, but not maybe not the depth of talent that we were hoping for. Love the tight end group, and we're just going to be running back by committee for two or three games until. Until someone emerges, and maybe no one really emerges, but but if you run a two quarterback, a two two running back system, excuse me, then then you know even if you kind of work three guys in there, that's a little more difficult. But you're you'll be okay. So it still comes down to quarterback play for me. If if Utah's going to be really successful on the offensive side, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I think I I suppose for me. The biggest eyebrow raiser is the offensive line because receivers, it's been the position has been the same for several years now. We're waiting mm-hmm. for some big time guy to emerge, and it really hasn't happened. Doesn't mean they're not good, but we haven't had somebody, uh, Nikhil Harry type player, you throw the ball and he makes a play. So I expect the same there. Tight ends, I'm very, very confident. Running back, uh, I'm. I'm okay with because I knew this is the way it was going to be. Once the Ty Jordan situation happened, it was all right. Who are they going to get in the transfer portal? Because they're going to get guys. They got two guys from two big name schools. They got a junior college transfer and a holdover who didn't get a whole lot of opportunity. So uh, I just have to go on their history. But uh, the offensive line surprises me that on the Monday before the game, Kyle Whittingham is saying we're not sure. I'm wondering, too, Frank, though, if, say, it was, it probably wouldn't be this case, but if you were to open with a conference opponent, would you be a little more sure? Are you a little unsure because it's Weber State and you're expected to win? I think Utah has that luxury of playing Weber State first uh, because, you. Should, I mean, even if Utah's uncertain, unsettled at the offensive line, um, if you're just going kind of talent for talent, you should be able to overcome that right. um, because because you should be more talented up front. And so I think you do have that luxury. I think that's an excellent observation of of saying, well, we're just going to, you know, we're going to try out a couple guys. We're going to try out a few guys up front. Uh, on the defensive line, that it's never an issue because Utah rotates like, eight guys every year. So we're never concerned about the starters on the defensive line because there's a natural rotation that occurs with that group. But you can't do that with the offensive line. It's it's interesting. Offensive line, it seems like you have to have five, 
settled. And even if you insert one new guy, then you're a little nervous about what's going to happen on the on the next play. Same with the quarterback position. It's just two quarterback system never works. So so it is it is interesting that that's where we are with the offensive line. And and you know as much as I like Coach Harding, and I think as much as Coach Whittingham puts all of his trust in Coach Harding, that's a position group that. I think all, a lot of us were hoping would be more settled at this point um, under Coach Harding. Like we would feel like there's a solid five every year with a couple guys who are in the battle for a starting position, and it hasn't materialized the way I think we were hoping it would on the on the offensive front. Is there a receiver you trust to be a breakout guy? I keep thinking. I thought this about linebackers for a long time, and it's finally happened. Hey, linebackers ought to want to play behind that defensive line. And that's really, you know, over the – maybe it's evolved a little bit, but it's definitely happened, right? They have upgraded their linebackers over where they were a decade ago. And so I keep thinking it's going to happen with wide receiver. Like, everybody wants to go somewhere where they can be the guy. Well, go to Utah and be the guy. I mean, everybody throws the ball 25 times a game. If you're the number one receiver, how many times are you going to be targeted? Who cares if they don't throw it 40 times a game? You know, you'll get yours. I keep thinking it's going to happen. Obviously, I haven't been right yet, but PK will tell you I'm stubborn. You know, I'll keep banging my head against the wall. Is this the year? I don't. I don't know that this is the year. I mean, I guess uh, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think that. I think Covey's going to be really good. I don't think he's going to have a breakout year, uh, um, and and maybe set the world on fire. I, I don't know what, exactly what that means. Set the world on fire, but he's going to be good. Um, I think. I think Solomon Enos is a guy that is is super talented, and and maybe if he has an opportunity to catch six, seven, eight balls a game, then, then maybe we see something different out of him. I really thought that when Utah got a hold of Darren Carrington, and Carrington had a pretty good year, and he was just, I don't, I don't know, he just was a different guy. Like, when you watched him run routes, catch the ball, do things after he caught the ball, you could just tell that this was a different guy in the, in the, in the Utah receiving core. I thought that maybe there would be this, you know, Darren Carrington effect, and maybe a couple guys would say, "Hey, look, you know what you're what you're saying, DJ. I can go there and catch 10, 15 balls a game. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the spotlight in the wide receiver group. That's not a bad thing at Utah. So, uh, but it, but it didn't materialize. I, I know. I, is it just, is it too much to ask that Utah get a CD Lamb? Every once in a while, and just have have that guy running around. I mean, my heavens, USC could spare one of their four or five receivers <laughs> going to end up in the in the NFL. Um, so I I don't know I I I don't see a breakout guy necessarily. I think it's a it's a it's a group that's athletic and has potential, and still is the biggest you know offensive line wide receiver is still the biggest question mark on the offensive side. All right, Frank, then how much of that is simply reputation as to why they can't get it because it seems like they can get everything else? It's a really it's a really good question, and it's really easy for an opposing coach to recruit against Utah in the wide receiver group because the numbers just 
don't support Utah doing anything other than being really good up front and running the ball and establishing the run game and then, you know, offsetting it with a, with a decent passing game. Um, and not, not, you know, and when I say a decent passing game, it's like, you know, average type, type of numbers um, that, are, that, that wouldn't, wouldn't impress anybody who's trying to, to make the next step to the NFL. So um, I think it's probably more – I'm sure that the coaching staff is out, you know, scraping the dirt to try and find the, the right guy at the wide receiver. But reputation is – it's just a little bit difficult to overcome. I, that's right. Like, I feel like Utah needs uh, an, a, another Darren Carrington, another Steve Smith, another Kevin Dyson – but then really, you know, really utilize that guy and highlight that position to, to say, look, yeah, we run the ball, and that's going to be the foundation of our, of our offense. But, um, but look, you can be a star at the, at the wide receiver group. I mean, it's the same, a little bit the same for Stanford. No, no, there's hardly ever a wide receiver that comes out of Stanford because the reputation and the history is, well, we're just going to be really good up front. We have a great tight end or two. And we're going to run the ball. And, right. you know, that's going to be it. And we just need a quarterback who's kind of a game manager. We don't need a superstar. So yeah. reputation, I think, is definitely the, the issue here. Okay, you can say Stanford, but, I mean, Simi Fajoko is on the Wasatch front, and he goes to Stanford and he gets drafted. So, yes, Stanford, but... And three years well, earlier, J.J. Arcega Whiteside got drafted. Yeah, so so even there's, Stanford. There's one I know. You say even Stanford, but there are probably probably other factors at play. I mean, I get it. Uh, Stanford is one of a kind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to have to go there. I mean, no, it's I'm, true. My, you know, it's, my heart, yeah. hearts with Utah, but 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 I have to be honest. If if one of my kids said, "Hey, Dad," you know. Stanford's offering and, and Utah's offering and BYU's offering, um, what do you think? Well, I mean... You think Stanford. Uh, yeah. That's pretty, <laughs> well, uh, you that's you pretty, think Stanford or I will kick you out of the house and you will be disinherited immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Come now, on. I'll throw San Diego State in the mix and then we might have a... You know, we might have and every kid who gets a, a full scholarship to Stanford, their acceptance rate is low compared to others. But the fa- the number of people who get offered versus the people who accept the scholarship, it's extremely high. Yeah, I so think put them a aside. First, a first in the history of collegiate admissions is, ne- is Stanford has a negative admission rate. I think <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So as far as what they're going to show, basically, against Weber, uh, your offensive coordinator, your Andy Ludwig, how much do you put out there in the playbook? Because you've got the cat-and-mouse game with the next week, and you got you do have a new quarterback, although everybody has tons of film on him for all those starts in Baylor. But do you hold back a little bit? What do you do there? I think the, the, the playbook is thin uh, in terms of variety. Uh, but so so yeah, I mean, I guess holding hold, hold back a little bit. But I I also I also think you have to figure out who your running back is, or you want to get some better idea who your running back is going to be. 
uh, heading into the Pac-12. And, and so you're going to get a lot of work out of that group, um, you know, 30, 40 carries out of that group. And then, and then you want to see what your quarterback r- really does when the lights turn on. And so I think you're going to give him a lot of throws. I think you're going to give him a lot of opportunities to, to put the ball in the air and to see how he manages pressure and see how he manages different situations. And so I could see um, a little bit of a vanilla offense in terms of variety, but in terms of play calling, balance, run, pass, mix, um, maybe slightly heavy on the run side, only slightly heavy on the run side, and then really try and figure out what you have at the quarterback position by, by giving, an oppor- giving an opportunity there. Go the other way. Show everything in the playbook and make them prep for everything, even stuff you would never run against them. <laughs> Play the mind I, game. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And um, you know Andy Ludwig, and I know Andy Ludwig. That doesn't seem like that's in the Andy Ludwig personality. I mean, I think, to me, he Andy Ludwig is, and one of the great things about him is he is much more methodical, much more analytical. And um, I don't think that he, I don't think he likes to play games. Although I will say this, uh, when, when Utah played Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, uh, which was Andy Ludwig's last game and his first stint, uh, I thought that it was all of a sudden he became a different – like the playbook changed, and all of a sudden he became a different, um, slightly different coordinator. And they were doing things with the quarterback position of Brian Johnson that they just hadn't done during his, during his time there. So, so he did throw a curveball in that game, and, and that certainly was the right formula uh, against uh, Coach Saban in Alabama. Well, Frank, we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you every week all year long, talking to you football right here on The Zone. Man, I, I really appreciate it. I love talking to you guys. I just I have one question. If, if we have two seconds, I have one question for, for PK. And, DJ, you can jump in on this as well, because I know PK is a, is a golf guy. But, but I watched that tournament, and I watched DeChambeau, who was difficult to like, tell Cantlay to stop walking or ask Cantlay to stop walking. And I just want your thought. Is that the right thing to do, or is that the biggest, um, well, what, what's the appropriate word for Shambo? I mean, there's lots of them. Was that the, is the it a biggest? sign of weakness, I think, is what you're trying to say. That's a very, that's a very nice way to put it. Yes, nice I know the other thing you're trying to say, and I'm glad you didn't say it. <laughs> yeah. Yach would have had to scramble and hit the dumb button. Everybody would have freaked well, is out. It, is it a compound word? Is the first word chicken? <laughs> yeah, pretty close <laughs> yep the great thing about that is Cantlay was not going to be denied if I was a gambler once they went to OT I would have put DJ's financial report and history all on Cantlay and that's a substantial amount of money Frank everything his entire portfolio is the word I'm looking Whoa. for well that's eight we're talking yeah. like eight figures, right? I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing. I don't, I don't so, even want to think about the lack of bladder control I had if I had 
uh, wagered wagered it all on Cantley making one of those putts, which he made them. But man, repeatedly, I would have been, been dying as he lined up another fifteen. Watching footer. Cantley play was watching <laughs> oh, like Kobe or MJ in a shooting zone. He was dialed in mm-hmm. completely, and completely I still I in. don't have a stomach for that kind of thing, and I would have <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Even though okay, it would have been so, the right thing to do, I would have lost it. So was DeShambo right, or was he just being DeShambo? I think this is the latter is what I would say. Yeah. It didn't come across the right way. I mean, I think there's probably a way that you could say, you know, hey, Patrick, uh, you know, trying to hit over here, could you <laughs> could you not walk for a second or or some way? But the way what that would Tiger have done? Things, what would Tiger do? I, Tiger he would have won it in regulation. Stepped, he, he would have, he, yeah, he would have won by twelve in regulation. He would have stepped away from the ball, and he would have just looked over his shoulder. Yes, I totally agree. But he would have shot that that laser glare that would like fries an egg on the sidewalk, even when it's yeah. forty degrees out. And he looked, yep. and then he looked back at his ball. He would have gotten the tunnel vision, and he would have smoked that thing to within you know five feet of the pin, and then probably yeah. shot another death glare over his shoulder. Like you know yeah. better, and you know you know better. Spun the club, maybe walked over to him and said something like, "Hey, did you see that shot? That was pretty good, wasn't it?" You know. <laughs> now stand still, but, comma. <laughs> yeah, no, don't walk around anymore. Frank, we yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, guys. Talk to you soon. Have a great week. Frank Dolce talking Utes. Dylan Colley's talking Cougars. Next, stay with us.